This episode of Sleep Apnea Stories is sponsored by Inspire. One of the most compelling stories I ever heard on the podcast was my conversation with Karen Wolk. Karen talked all about her life being transformed by Inspire. Like so many people with sleep apnea, Karen struggled to get used to CPAP. Inspire has been helping sleep apnea patients who struggle with CPAP get the sleep they need to live the life they want. It's a small device that works inside your body. There's no mask and no hose. While you sleep, Inspire sends a gentle pulse to your tongue to keep your airway clear so that you can breathe normally. See if you qualify at inspiresleep.com. Inspire's not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at inspiresleep.com. On this podcast, we discuss medical diagnoses and procedures. All of the guests express their own opinions. You should always seek medical advice from a trained and credentialed professional when making decisions about your own health. Welcome to the Sleep Apnea Stories podcast. I'm Emma Cooksey, and I've been coping with sleep apnea since childhood. I didn't know anyone in my life with a sleep disorder, so I decided to start this podcast. I'm here to build community and provide a platform for people with sleep apnea to tell their stories. Together, we can shatter stereotypes and raise awareness. We'll be exploring all sorts of treatment options and lifestyle choices to help you live your best life with sleep apnea. This is Sleep Apnea Stories, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, it's Emma Cooksey here, and I'm your host. So we're at the end of June, so my kids got off of school at the end of May, and... (laughs) It's just, my house is kind of crazy. I feel like there's kids in and out all the time. Everybody's eating, like, every hour. (laughs) There's dishes stacked in the sink. And it's just kind of chaotic. So I'm actually really enjoying getting to come and spend some time in the closet recording this podcast for you guys. Um, So just a little word about some things coming up. So this summer, one of my projects has been to write a book, (laughs) um, which sounds fairly straightforward. It's actually really hard. (laughs) So I've been getting up really early in the morning and writing before anybody else wakes up. I just really want a book to be out there for people who know nothing about sleep apnea and I want them to be able to follow along with the book and it to show them, you know, here's some of the issues with getting diagnosed. Here's what to do. Um, you know, a lot of different information about treatment options, how to adapt to CPAP, how to um, investigate other things if CPAP doesn't work for you, all that kind of stuff. So I hope it's going to be really helpful for people. So I mentioned the book partly because it impacts the podcast because at the end of this season of 10 episodes, um, which I think these run until the end of July, and then I normally take a little break for three or four weeks and then I do another season of 10 episodes. 
But this time, what I think I'm going to do is put together some shorter episodes of just me um, sharing some of the information I'm putting into this book. So maybe we'll have like one where the topic will be all about diagnosis and different types of tests, problems people come across with, with that process. Like, I think that that could be interesting. And then also we'll talk a lot. I think I'll do a whole episode just on CPAP and issues people have with CPAP and how to overcome them and maybe another one on all the different alternatives to CPAP. So yeah, I'm kind of thinking on it. So if there's anything particular that you want me to cover, then please let me know. You can email me at sleepapneastories at gmail.com or you can always reach me by DMing me on Instagram. It's at sleepapneastories is the handle there. So that's what's coming up. Um, and so now on to today's guest, Micah Goodstone. She's 32. She's from Andalusia in the south of Spain. Um, but she's already lived in a bunch of different cities all over the place. So she's kind of a citizen of the world at this point. So she felt that the pandemic gave her time to slow down and look at the root of some of her problems um so she certainly had been a mouth breather and she had asthma as a child and she was snoring and so during the pandemic she started to really research like why that was and what she could do about it so now after the sarpy and the double jaw surgery and um, she feels not only that the functional side has improved but because she can chew and close her mouth and breathe through her nose much better, but also she's become more confident, um, which is just so wonderful to hear, you know. So I hope you get a lot out of this conversation with Micah Goodstone. Uh, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here to tell your story. Um, so do you want to start off by telling people where you are in the world? Well, I am right now, if I show you, I'm going to make you jealous because I'm, I have the sea right in front of me. I'm oh. by the coast of Spain right now in, in the south in Andalusia. Do you want to start with how your breathing and sleeping was as a child and then go from there? Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, I may go all over, all over the yeah, place. Yeah, that's totally fine. Uh, right. I will try to have a, a bit of an order. So basically, um, the first notion I had about like mouth breathing, it, it was actually when I, I was in school, like around five or I don't know, seven years or something. Uh, when I was uh, drawing and doing my homeworks, my there was a, a teacher like he was. He had, but she had a, a bit of bad temper. But she actually cared like so much, and she was the only person who really took atten paid attention to that. And sometimes she used to do uh, to put her finger in my mouth. Uh, just to make me realize that I was with my mouth open yeah. all the time when I was drawing, like um, just to me to pay attention for, for uh, to that. So basically, and um, so she knew that mouth breathing was not normal, and that was not how you were supposed to breathe. Because I feel like a lot of people don't know that that's not normal. 
I feel the same. Yeah. And I feel that also because, as you know, and we may talk uh, later on in this conversation, um, when you talk or when you kind of justify the surgeries I had because of this problem, uh, sleep apnea and the breathing and long face syndrome and all of that, yeah. class two and so on. Like people is like, okay, but many people snore, but many people, I don't breathe with my, uh, by my nose like so well, and they don't take it that seriously. But actually when you start researching, and as I heard in some of your podcasts, like uh, you research by your own, like people, doctors, uh, yeah. everyone, they don't tell you, like take mm -hmm. into consideration that. And when you- And realize... also I think there's the thing where extremely common, like just because things are so common, it doesn't make it normal or good. You know, like there's so many mouth breathing children, but like, yeah, that's a crisis. <laughs> like we need to pay attention to it, you know? Definitely. And also when I went to my, you know, uh, the child, I don't know how you call the children doctor, pediatrician pediatrician uh, so he, she was telling me like you should blow uh, balloons or do something because you have very narrow plate but actually in the dentist or the orthodontist, the orthodontist and never took attention to that and they said no 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 your your mouth is healthy it's not that impor important and also my mouth didn't look like so so bad so and the the teeth didn't look so crowded so i don't know how you say like crowded but yeah, you say crowded. <laughs> yeah. So they, they, they didn't see it, uh, like, okay, it's important like to make her, to span her palate. So I kept going until the problem got, uh, got worse. Today, I'm joined by one of our sponsors of the podcast, Kelly with Airway Management, the manufacturer of TAP Sleep Care. How's it going, Kelly? Hey, Emma. It's great. Happy to be here. The MyTAP doesn't involve lengthy custom fitting, right? Somebody can actually order that and do the fitting part themselves. That's right. The MyTab can be fit by both doctors and patients. It's available through traditional CPAP channels such as CPAP.com and Apria Direct. And now we have new research on our non-custom appliance, MyTab, that shows equal effectiveness to custom therapy. Hmm, that's great. How does this new research affect consumers? Well, this research opens the opportunity for more physicians and dentists and ultimately patients to use MyTap because it's a low-cost, immediate oral appliance. So if people want to learn more, where can they go? They can visit tapintosleep.com to find a provider near them, or they can fill out our Get Started form on our website um, and get connected with someone on our team. Thanks so much, Kelly. Well, thank you, Emma. Thanks for having me. And so as a child, when that teacher would come and tell you to close your mouth, was there anything else? Like, did you have big tonsils? 
Were your parents I had aware very big of tonsils. I, I had a surgery about that. Uh, vegetaciones is called in Spanish, vegetations. Uh, they, they removed something inside my throat. I've been allergic since I have memories. Uh, like asthmatic. We're twinsies. <laughs> so yeah, I realized so many mouth breathers. Uh, we had like bad allergies yeah. and my asthma was totally terrible. Uh, imagine uh, how much it conditioned my life that uh, when I was like about 15 years old, I had to go to another school by the coast in order to, to have my aller allergies and the asthma and everything like uh, better because with the, you know, with the sea yeah. and the humidity and everything is, yeah. it, make, it makes it it's much better. better. So, yeah. so when you were going to get treat, did you get treatment for allergies and asthma or they just kind of, yes, I got yeah. loads of injections. I got loads of things and inhalers, penicillin, yes, yeah. uh, many things. And, yeah. um, yes, but they didn't really pay attention to the fact that I couldn't breathe properly and that I was over breathing through my chest. Yes. And for example, there was a thing that uh, at um, at a school they told me, okay, uh, don't you don't run, you don't do the exercise that we do with the normal guys. And I was like, no, but I like, and I yeah. I, I normally do loads of sports, so I was like, I wanted to do that because but... of the asthma. Yes, but yeah. actually, it's good for the yeah uh, for the lungs as well, like to practice yeah. uh, to work out as well. But it's there. There are many things that they're they are mistaken, or they don't really pay attention, or they just don't know. You know, like or they, they don't they, know. Yeah. yeah, the information's just not out there. And um, so I, I feel also that the the bones or the maxillofacial doctor should be yeah. linked always yes. to the orthodontist, and there and would the be a pediatrician and Definitely. everyone. Yeah, Everything and the dentist seeing children and. Yeah, yeah. We're but you have on, to knock like, many doors. You just have to, to like bring everyone together. And can you tell me, like, so did you have orthodontics like braces as a teenager? Never. Never. Okay. Never, because uh, as I said, my my mouth didn't look as much uh, as worse as uh, as it could. I I mean, I had these uh, typical black holes on the side when yes. I was smiling, and the the front teeth. They re looked really big because uh, they were forward. But um, apart from that, like... Uh, they just said it's normal yeah. and there's nothing to be it's done. It's normal, so, okay, it's not going to be a perfect smile, but you can keep going. Yeah. And so when did you notice, when did you first start starting noticing, like, problems with your sleep or, like, other issues that made you want to start looking into the treatment you did? To, to be fair, I always uh, was uh, aware that I was snoring, even since I was small, I was a child. So when I, I was going to camps, I, I felt like um, insecure, insecure because you're going to yeah. snore and people, the children can tell you. And also when you grow up, I got a boyfriend and I was like, I don't want to sleep over with him because he's going to... You know, there is a misconception that um, girls have to be perfect and they don't snore, they don't, they don't do these kind of things. Right. And they just sleep silently. Yes, and silently, beautifully. like uh, angels. Yeah. And so, 
<laughs> and I wasn't that. So um, yes, basically, uh, it was it got worse. Uh, I got I went to live with my boyfriend, and I think I say I say that because this was a problem like for us because he couldn't sleep and I wasn't resting as well because mm -hmm. of the level of snoring as well. Um, I realized that the, the whole day I, I looked very tired as well and mm -hmm. he was telling me as well. And um, as well, I started to, to, notice, to notice that my teeth were getting more crowded, even though I, I, I was uh, 30, 29 years old. Yeah. So it was getting narrower. And then another day, I saw, I saw a picture as well and I was like, wow like it's very like my tongue doesn't fit there so I now I understand um, so your tongue I, wasn't sitting at the roof of your mouth yeah. and your upper palate like um and everything felt kind of like it was crowding in and definitely yeah. and for example I remember the last year before pandemic uh, sometimes I will I was breathing heavily when I was working because I wasn't realizing and mm. a colleague told me hey you're not breathing through or something he pointed out that uh, and also because I had um, you know when you do mouth breathing you have long face syndrome and I had <laughs> but I, I no no you don't look like long long face <laughs> I, I actually have... like since I've been doing palate expansion I feel like I have like some cheeks and things that I didn't have before but I really like before I started yeah we're yeah. I mean there's a lot of us right like really long faces there's a lot of this and for example uh, as I was noticing that and also it was very uncomfortable when I was uh, shutting my mouth I, I knew that I, I made a very weird posture because I had to force my mouth like in order to be able to close it because mm. it wasn't comfortable neither breathing or keeping it closed because of the class two I had the retrusion the jaw retrusion that so is explain what you mean by a class two for people that don't aren't familiar with any of this Okay. And I, I had to research all of that because yeah, I yeah, had yeah. no clue before. I know what you mean, but like, I, ju I just want to make sure we don't lose anyone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so basically, and the class two means that your, your lower jaw is uh, more protruded than your upper jaw. So mm -hmm. that means that you cannot shut your mouth comfortably. And also for it affects your sleep apnea and your airflow because it can collapse. Uh, you don't have that much space in your mouth. So yes. when you're breathing, your tongue goes backwards and you have no space for breathing. And this causes you sleep, uh, sleep apnea. Perfect. And the other thing, just for people listening who are sort of brand new to all of this, when we're talking about how we develop long faces, it might be worth just saying to people, the reason um, they think that happens is that our tongues were low and forward when they should have been high to the roof of our mouth. And when your tongue sits where it's supposed to sit, that helps as a child to grow your jaws forward and your face develops nicely how it's supposed to and and you have like a broad forward like De face rather than definitely narrow <laughs> like us anyway. and all your all your teeth fit uh well as well yes and if you keep your mouth open all the time like the the weight of your face goes backwards a little bit kind yes. of so it also affects the the wrinkles and the supports your skin has as well it, it affects 
everything everything, <laughs> everything about your face and airway basically yeah so you were snoring and it was causing problems with your boyfriend so when did you actually go to a doctor um or a sleep clinic and say i need some sort of sleep study is that the next thing yes uh, the next thing it was uh, <laughs> we we didn't uh, got get over with all these problems with the, the boyfriend so i had some time some some t- uh, self time and i started to join oh so he didn't he didn't make it he didn't make it. No, no, no. Sometimes I was going to the sofa. So I explained oh, it not because I, I suffer now from that, but because some some people may, may may see the relationship affected by that. So yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Uh, so I started to research as well because another things that I, I was noticing as well, like my face, like very pale, like uh, very like baggy eyes. When yes. I was uh, waking up like every day, but crazy, it, it, um, it doesn't matter like how many hours uh, I would sleep that I, I was waking up with very, like so many, bag- yeah. very baggy eyes. And so tired. I said, yes, that's so basically I said to myself, I'm going to search all of this um, because I think this has a connection. So I started to put everything like. Uh, long face, tiredness, snoring, uh, mouth breathing, uh, da, da, da. and I found um, all that I needed and also as well uh, that some people find the, the solution to this problem uh, with orthognathic surgery and surgery surgery mm-hmm. and I, I looked for people that was qualified and specialists in these fields uh, because I was like okay this is my research but I search like many many pages and many professionals and I was like I need now the confirmation to see that I'm not going crazy about that yeah so um, I went to get tested for a sleep apnea and I had a sleep apnea mm-hmm. it wasn't in the severe point but it, it was gonna be it was gonna be worse like with time because mm-hmm. now my brother he sleeps with a machine as well with a CPAP so mm-hmm. it was gonna be in my auntie and so many people yeah I will see this this coming. Um, and then I visited like some doctors uh, to see what the solution could be. Mm-hmm. And also two or three orthodontists. Like, imagine I gather so much. Just went to see lots of people. So did they, when you first got your diagnosis, were they encouraging you to try CPAP or, or you just got the diagnosis and then you looked at all the different doctors and orthodontists that could help? Well, so the first uh, orthodontist or orthodontist, uh, before she did any tests whatsoever, uh, she said, no, 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 you don't have it. You're very young, so you don't, you don't need it. So they said. Uh, and, but, uh, and, you're, and you're also a normal weight woman. And like, we are, are just... I mean, I went my whole 20s with people saying, you're too thin to have sleep apnea. You're, you know, and you're a woman and you don't have a big neck and all this. So that is so common and so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But is, if you're sure, if, if you have it in your guts, you know, you have to go and, yeah. and to keep until you have the information. Yes. And- you get it so basically I went to another other doctors and they told me that of course I could try uh, not right now or 
maybe right now I, I could start, but it wasn't going to make a huge change because I wasn't in the severe, severe stage. Okay. But in the other areas, I had my occlusion wasn't right as well because of the retrusion. Mm -hmm. and so more, more things in my bone, bone structure. My, in my bone structure was was wrong yes. so they suggested me to go for the surgery because I was so young so it was very worth it yeah what was the so I I'm just really fascinated I, I've interviewed a couple of people who did double jaw surgery but explain what what the first step is like I think there's <laughs> different stages so at some point you get braces to make space for the incisions and the surgery but do you do the PAL expansion with the SARPY thing first? Um, I'm going to tell you before that, okay. that uh, I had uh, two diagnoses. One, they told me to do everything in a surgery, not doing SARPY before. And okay. just uh, during the ortho orthognatic surgery, expanding yeah. as much as they could. Yeah. And I, got, I was very tempted to get that because it was a little bit cheaper. And because it's very rewarding like to hear, no, you're not going to go through two surgeries and two recoveries. But then yeah. I I researched and I was uh, told that's well, a like, lot to do at once. Definitely. So we're talking about like them making an incision in, in the palatal suture and and expanding that as well as doing uh, both of your jaws and moving that forward. So that's quite a lot at once, maybe for some people. With Lefort incisions, they are they are so called um, Lefort or something like this. Yeah, you can get some expansion, but the level of expansion that I needed, uh, you can only get by uh, an expansion. If you're smaller, like uh, without surgery, but if you if you're older, like it was my case that I was 20, 30 years old, you need the the surgery assets. Uh, surgically assisted rapid palate expansion that's it <laughs> not that i just looked it up before we talked <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that, that's it but so there's basically... so many things it's like then there's also like marpy and like there's just a lot of acronyms so Definitely. you did sarpy Yes, I did SARPY. And also I read that um, the stability you can get from having SARPY and after uh, orthognatic surgery is uh, higher. For yes. example, if you get everything in a surgery, you, you can have always a, a bit of a recession. The probability is very, very high. So if you don't get as much expansion as you need, uh, yeah. later the results are not going to be as good. So I went for the more expensive um, yeah. option and also but i thought that it was the the better one the right thing to have the yeah. expansion yeah i need it and so talk me through i've seen pictures but for people listening that don't know anything about it can you talk me through how they do the sarpy thing well, basically, as you said, I was saying, I had, um, as you were saying, I had the braces before. Actually, I did it with the Invisalign, and some people were so curious about that because they were like, yeah. oh, I want to do with uh, Invisalign, but is it possible or I have to do it with braces? It's totally possible. So I did it with that, prepare the, the teeth before, and then when everything was right, uh, they cut it like my palate. So they cut the palatal suture at the at the roof of your mouth. 
Yes, is uh, you don't need where I did it. I researched it like for a very well-known clinic in Barcelona. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's one of the the surgeons who does more orthognathic surgeries, like in Spain and in Europe or in the You're world. You're a researcher. <laughs> I am too. I, like, I studied journalism. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yes, so uh, he cut it, and then uh, I had already like the machine, the the the, the palate expander placed. So uh, I didn't need any any. So it was kind of a, a metal little plate that they put in. In they just kind of attach it to the roof of your mouth, and then you're using some sort of key to to widen it. That's it. Okay. Uh, it has like a device that you have to turn it like every day. Some people do it themselves. I had I needed my auntie to do it every day. Uh, it's different the numbers of turns that they tell you as well because some people I heard depending that on they, the person. Yes, yeah. uh, some people they get four turns in a day, which is crazy for for me uh, because uh, first I had only one per day, so this uh, slows down a little bit the process, but also your mouth kind of suffers uh, less for example yes. I know a case that a guy like got uh, a hole um, because you know the skin that doesn't uh, doesn't stand all this pressure at once so yeah for yeah. me it was very very good and yeah. I had only like one turn and then two turns uh, in a day okay. like for over a month okay so how long was it all together of doing the expansion it was in millimeters. I cannot remember. It was, it was about 60 turns. I reported it uh, on, on Instagram, on my Instagram, Mike Agudestone. But uh, it's true that uh, if you see the before and after, if you see the pictures from the, for example, the Invisalign that I use right now and the Invisalign that I was using before the surgery, it doesn't fit at all like it made yeah. such a huge yeah yeah and so that gave that sort of widened like it made a gap between your front teeth right where they they expanded it and so when you got done and they removed that then what was the next stage was there more Invisalign before the surgery or how long was it between oh you know the other thing that somebody asked me that I don't know the answer to um, does the Sarpy thing like is it painful or it's just annoying? So it it's more annoying than painful to be fair. Like yeah. because I didn't have to sleep on, in the hospital like for that night. I it was you in an hour home. or less, and I went home. Okay. So and I even recorded a video like a couple of hours. It's on my YouTube as well. Yeah. So, uh, so it's not as bad. And actually, for example, I had painkillers for one day and then I stopped. So this is the level of pain I had. But okay. to be fair, every, every person ha like has a different level of, you know, suffering you can, yeah. you can stand. You know? Okay, so you got done with the Sarpy part and then was there more Invisalign or you went straight to surgery or... The plan it was like to keep going with this Invisalign. But uh, the thing is that um, they removed the palate, the palate expander after a few months, like I would say 
I would say four or five, mo five months. And, and because my bones were still very soft, they were moving a lot. So they send, uh, send the molds like to have the Invisalign, the new set of Invisalign. And when they arrived, they didn't fit. Uh, because my bones, they were moving. So uh, I was like, okay. And I wanted to have the surgery by, by summer. And I wanted to get over with that. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, this is also knowing that you're kind of put, putting your life on pause because yeah. it's not... It's not very nice as well going to the street like with a gap uh, in between your teeth. It seems like you you had a fight or something. <laughs> so I, I I was like, okay, so if uh, we are not gonna wait for another set of Invisalign because it's gonna it's gonna be tricky as well. So I said, why don't we keep going with braces? So that's what we did, and they they placed another uh, device on my palate to avoid. Uh, the, so it you didn't know, move. The gap, yes, the recession yeah. like to be very bad. And so when you say braces, you mean like regular metal? Regular metal yeah. ones. Okay, right on. And and what they did also like to that this can help the your listen your audience as well is that uh, she used composite or uh, white material that they used the the orthodontist like in order to uh, fill some of the gaps so it didn't look so obvious uh, and as uh, as long as my my gap was closing he she was removing the okay and so then so the braces are closing the gap between your two front teeth where they they just made some space but then also are they opening up gaps where the surgeon is gonna do the surgery for the jaw part of it it's definitely open some opening some other gaps yeah. Uh, on the on the sides and so on and also you are having some recession I, I was so scared like of you know having done done that for nothing but no for sure yeah. it's normal to have some recession but you have extra uh, expansion like to make it yeah. happen but um no they don't leave gaps for the the lateral surgery because what they need to see actually this is the reason why, why I got cancelled the first surgery date um, is that they couldn't see the delineation or the, um, the occlusion totally right or the, the teeth perfectly aligned so okay. they told me we are not going to be able to do the surgery because we are not going to we, we cannot see clearly okay. the results that we are going to have so you have to wait until um, the alignment so, is perfect so you did longer with braces and then yeah. they did it and then Later. they did, uh, if I was going to have my surgery in August uh, for my birthday, uh, I had it in January this, okay. this year. So. so how did you feel like emotionally about it, like having to wait longer than you thought? And was it really frustrating? It was very frustrating, fr frustrating because I also... Uh, told my my job that it was gonna be in sickness absence you are preparing so many things and also yeah. mentally and uh, also the surgery was gonna be in Barcelona which is like the other corner of the country yeah. so uh, 
it, it, it was difficult and also because yeah, I was like, okay, I went back home uh, because of the pandemia, uh, the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I went back home in my, with my parents and, and I was like, okay, so I think this came in the perfect moment. I'm going to do this, finish with this process, and then I'm, I'm going to keep going with my life. I'm going to live on my own again and so on. Mm -hmm. So it was like postponing everything and not yeah. seeing the the end of the tunnel a little bit so i i cried uh, in the airport but the, because i went to to the clinic just to to see to have some tests before the surgery that that, that was gonna be a few days after and and when i arrived in the airport they called me and they told me sorry we cannot do the surgery but the day after i, I also everything. would have cried imagine yeah yeah, yeah. So but long. yeah but uh, later like the day after you you wake up and you you think that okay maybe it's better like to have it like yeah uh, for sure like the best result after all right. of this uh, rather than running or doing this quickly just mm -hmm. for, for the sake of finishing so, yeah. so let's talk about the surgery <laughs> you had the surgery in january mm -hmm. Okay, so tell me all about it. So they basically, my understanding of it is they, they sort of break these bones in your jaw and sort of like move forward your jaw and then they kind of like reattach them kind of thing. Definitely. This, and then this it gives you a lot more space in your airway. Lo a lot. Yes. <laughs> so I, now you, you start to forget things, but I remember when I I just woke up, like it was like it was in my mouth, like everything was in a different place. Like yeah. you know, it was like I was living in a tiny flat, but now I had a like a mansion. Yeah. Know? So how did you so how did you feel what so you felt really different when you first woke up after they did the surgery? Um, I've, I felt that a lot of tension in my skin. I don't know. I, I, I felt very weird. I had a bit of pain for sure. I felt a little bit bad as well because of the anesthesia. Um, oh, yeah. I, I told you already that uh, for the SRP, I didn't have general anesthesia. Yeah. But yeah. yes, of course, for orthopedic yeah, yeah. surgery. To be fair, like for a surgery of this level, uh, I was... I thought you looked amazing for somebody that just had that surgery. Like the first couple of days afterwards, like your face didn't even really look that swollen. It's true. It's true. And this is also the reason why I, why I chose uh, this, this clinic. Um, I don't want to do advertising or, right? or anything like that, but, but they call it like minimal, minimal invasive um, yeah. incisions or something mm -hmm. like that, that is going to help with the recovery and that their patients uh, recovery faster and they have less um, swelling as well. And also they, they use like a uh, some ice mask uh, for the day right after the surgery like for yeah. one day and so or, or so on and it's true and also the surgery it lasts like for around two hours whereas in another clinics uh, it lasts for four or six hours mm -hmm. so imagine like the amount of blood uh, or suffering that you have for that many more hours is higher so it makes that your swelling gets gets worse yeah so. how did that recovery go like it just was it kind of like 
two steps forward, one step back. Like you had like good days and then you had less good days. And that's how it kind of felt, you know, that it was going. So yes. do you want to talk about like the sort of time frame of like how long it took to recover and what that looked like? Well, uh, to be fair, uh, mentally, it was, uh, there are two sides, like physically and yes. mentally, for sure. Yes. Uh, and the mental side uh, for facial surgeries, I think is harder as well, because it's, yes. you, you know, it's it, what people see, like the first thing. Yeah. And it's what you see. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Every, every, every morning in the, in the mirror. So, yeah. and also I read that uh, this psychologic uh, aspect or reasons like for the orthognatic surgeries are high as well. Like we are not only patients who do it for health and, and um, yes, for health and sleep and so yeah. on, but also uh, many people like have um, problems and you, you know, uh, bad self-love. Uh, self-esteem. Self-esteem, yeah. yeah. It affects the way that you feel about yourself because your face didn't develop how it could have. Oh, it should. Yeah. yeah. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you listen to the podcast, you know how many of the guests have dealt with mental health challenges along with sleep apnea. I have struggled with anxiety and depression for years and have found therapy so helpful in my journey. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. Visit betterhelp.com slash Emma. That's betterhelp.com slash Emma and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. There's a special offer for Sleep Apnea Stories listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Emma. So definitely you have so many expectations. So first, in the first week, um, loads of medicines like the first three four days like the swelling went up mm -hmm. uh, and yes you cannot eat a uh, solid food or anything and they recommend you to walk a lot and this definitely helped me because uh, for the swelling it goes everything down and it moves the fluids and mm -hmm. so on and and I did it uh, like I wanted to do everything they said yeah, yeah. to recover to recover fast. Then when I came back home, um, 
the recovery kind of slows down because uh, at the beginning, at first, like every day you see some changes. First day, okay, your face is growing, growing, growing. Later, it stops and then it's going down, down, down. But there is some moment you, yeah. you cannot see the difference. Like you start like after one week, uh, less, less, you start with soft food, soft diet, then you start with solid. Um, but the swelling, sometimes you wake up more swollen the day after less and the other, yeah. again, more swollen. And, and also you are used to some differences. For example, my nose went up as well because as they move the bones forward, it uh, gives more support to your soft tissues. So the, the nose and the cheeks goes a little bit up. So it's something that they tell you that it's gonna change as well, but uh, you have to see daily. And there is a point, uh, it was right before going back to work that mentally I, was, uh, I had a, a bit of a down because then at the beginning you are like okay i'm gonna feel bad i have to be strong this is part of the process but they also told me in the clinic that uh, the after one month or two months like people is when they literally said then is when people start to get crazy because they have some expectations and they yes you don't even see the final result yet, but you think so. And it's very difficult, I guess. Yeah, I think because there's so much expectation of how this will change your life. So sometimes if that doesn't marry up to how people feel, then that can be quite a kind of depressing, strange place to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so tell me specifically about your sleep and your breathing how far into your recovery did you start noticing that that was better? Yes, this is something that at uh, the first month I also didn't notice at much, as much of a change because uh, your nose is blocked. Swollen, so, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's very difficult. And, and this is a, a surgery you do by your decision. This is not, not like a cancer or something that mm. you, have, you must Right, do. right, right. So, and this is like, okay, so we didn't improve that. And, and I, I think that I did write this. I was recording with an app that a uh, sleep cycle is called. I was uh, recording all my sleep since before the, the two surgeries. So, because I wanted to see the difference uh, if it was uh, right, if it, if it was real before and after the surgery. Uh, so I already, already noticed some improvement after the therapy because I have more space. I had and more space for nasal in my breathing. mouth. Yeah, definitely. Since I woke up from surgery, like one hour later, I was like, I could uh, come breathe a little bit better. So, yeah. And then after some weeks after the second surgery, the orthognatic surgery, I started uh, to see in the, well, I was breathing better and the, the rates of the app, it was showing that the snore rate went down like crazy. So I stopped the snoring. Now I, ha I have serious snores per night when before it was zero. Zero. Awesome. Did you did you bother doing a follow up sleep study, or you just know that it's better? Did what, you what do like another sleep study to see whether it said your sleep apnea was gone, or 
did you just follow on the app and not bother with the sleep study? To be, to be fair, uh, I didn't repeat it because I, I, I haven't finished yet with the whole process. Yeah. I, I'm still finishing with the Invisalign and so on. But yes, I, I will be so kind like on doing that because I think it, yeah. it will definitely prove uh, the, the yeah. benefits that I saw. And yeah. also another thing that I, I wanted to see as well, but I want to go step by step uh, also the um, tonsils as well that I have big tonsils uh, if they see that the that is better to get but you, you never well. had your tonsils removed before no uh, okay. I had another similar surgery but no the tonsils no and okay. and also like the tongue really tight release uh, is something that I didn't had had the studies for, and I think it's it's very it's very important as well. About so now you're doing Invisalign just to kind of um, straighten your teeth and put them back where they need to be after the surgery. Yeah. So how much longer do you have of that? I have like three four months more, and I'll be done. And yes, and the occlusion is much better. For example, another thing I was noticing is, and also this unbalances your face, is that I was chewing only by one side of my mouth, yes. also because of the brown occlusion. Uh, and we don't notice, like there are so many people who, as well oh, as yeah. snoring, who only chew by one side. Right. And this develops also your facial appearance from one side different yes. and your bones as well. So now, for example, I can chew by, by these two sides yeah. and this is gonna, this is helping me as well, like to get this strength. Yeah. How do you feel about your new face? Well, I, <laughs> I don't know if it's new, 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 but yes. I, I mean, I, your before and after pictures are crazy different, right? Well, yes, they, they are. I have to say that uh, there were some funny situations, like one, it was carnival and a friend, uh, friend or uh, acquaintance uh, he didn't recognize me and the day after because a friend told me it was me he sent me a message like sorry I didn't recognize you and and yes another colleague from work uh, last week she was like uh, if I didn't see if I didn't know uh, you had this surgery because it's, I posted on my personal Facebook account and yeah. in my personal Instagram account because some people also can think you do it only for aesthetic reasons that is yes. totally fine you you right. can choose your you can choose your reasons and it's yeah. your mental and your physical yeah. health and everything so it's totally I think fine people should just do whatever suits them you know <laughs> yes i agree yeah. but um i knew that this was gonna be like the elephant in the in the room so, some people was were gonna people tell me thinking that you did uh a surgery because only because of how you looked and that they would think I don't know that you were like vain or were too into like your face or something 
I, I don't know, I, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And the truth is that we, we shouldn't bother as much, but I yeah. thought that uh, this could also help. I would have loved like to know someone in my, you know, like a friend or whoever who, who did that. And actually after I posted, uh, a friend of mine, some people started to text me like, oh, I also had a nose uh, surgery yes. because something, or I needed, I didn't realize that this had a solution so i thought also that this could that's help. wonderful yeah and so for people listening who are considering having this surgery like it sounds like you did a huge amount of research to begin with so is there any other like tips or advice you would give people who are getting ready to start what you've just been going through <laughs> First of all, it's going to sound like very, you know, very cheesy, but believe in yourself because mm -hmm. it was something I was noticing. I was not feeling good. I was seeing in the way I was uh, sleeping, waking up, my tiredness, my also... Uh, this is, is very interesting. My level of attention, like many... Um, Many people who suffer from a sleep apnea, uh, we have THD, HDHD, or ADHD. There you go. It's because the acronym in Spanish is different. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, and also uh, uh, this affects as well because your sleeping is not good. So your your brain doesn't rest. So yeah. you. You cannot focus. And as I well. think sometimes like they need to do way more research, especially into adults with ADHD, because I think like they show a lot of times that when kids are diagnosed with ADHD, oftentimes that's a, an airway problem, you know, from them not being able to sleep properly at night. But I think in adults, I hear from a lot of people with ADHD who you know, are dealing with sleep apnea. And I think like we need a lot more awareness and information about that for sure. That's why the all the research and all the specialists in all of the areas, they, they would be, they should be connected because yes. it's all related definitely. Yes. But because of that, in terms of what, uh, in line with, with you were saying that, what would you say to people like believe in yourself yeah. and do the, of course, do your research, uh, go to the best specialists or go to the right people. Not, yeah. not only choose, I, I would go to few, to have few different opinions because um, I went before, the first time I went to the one I wanted and I had the vibes uh, that was in the end, the one I had the surgery with. Yeah. But the, the fact that I went to other specialists to knock on other doors reassured me even more, like to have the whole picture and yes. to, uh, to be sure of my decision. And I think when you are sure of your decision, the recovery or the process is going to be better because you know, you're, you know what you, why you are doing it. Right. Your what mindset are, is where it needs to be, I think. Yes. Yeah. What are the results and are the and the benefits uh, that are coming from that? What to expect? And 
yes and after that to be to be a strong and to keep your expectations like it's not gonna save the world it's not right. gonna, solve it's not gonna suddenly make you into like a millionaire rock star <laughs> yes <laughs> because i was speaking to another girl uh, we created a beautiful community of uh, job break breakers we we call it oh cool uh, <laughs> i have a t-shirt in spain and no, all over the world. All over know. the world. Where can people find that? Well, actually, uh, I I say that, but uh, all of the people who who are having this surgery, uh, we are texting each other the same way you are texting another uh, other sleep apnea uh, patients or whatever. Yeah. Um, and there was a, a girl who did a T-shirt, this um, jaw breakers, where you where you can see like the skeleton and all the cuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really, but it's cool. Are you ready for the last question? Yes, for okay, sure. Okay, I could talk to you all day, but the last question I always ask everybody is, have there been any silver linings or any good things that have come out of your journey with sleep apnea? <laughs> yes, yeah, so definitely the, the community has been, has been very helpful as well. And, you know, it's very interesting because uh, this community or the fact that you have this issue and this sleep apnea and all the, the things I had um, makes you very vulnerable. But when you share this vulnerable with people who have the same and yes. who uh, feel so supported it's not scary anymore for example at first the, my first picture in on instagram on that instagram it it wasn't show, it was only showing my smile because I, I wasn't sure i wanted to show my whole yeah. face because I, I was like okay i'm gonna show my ugliest pictures but later as you as you're going you realize that we all as issues and it doesn't matter and we are beautiful anyway yeah. and you and it's so beautiful uh, instagram is such a place where there can be so it can be so shallow but uh, used in a such a transparent and informative and vulnerable and loving way it can be so helpful like in both so ways helpful yeah and make you feel less alone like I, I was able, I was lucky enough to go to, I just got back from a conference. There was a huge sleep conference um, in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I just got back from it. And I was able to speak to so many people in person that I really just know from Instagram and they're all lovely. And it was just so great. Like, we feel like we know each other, you know, because we're always like, sending each other messages and everything so yeah I think it's really wonderful and I really love that you shared your story on Instagram how you have because the number of people who are helped by that is just so many people so thank you and, for and that. you you definitely are doing an uh, an incredible work there and with so many people as well and it's important like uh, to see to look us in the inside uh, yes. like for, for health because nowadays we we have so much stress and we just keep going but uh, we have to i think the look pandemic after as well, ourselves the pandemic uh, to me did literally that i sat down and i researched for all of this and i looked for a solution yeah. and now i think it's gonna benefit the rest of my life honestly I think so too I'm so, so glad well thank so you so much for joining me 
Thank you very Thanks so much for listening. I love hearing from you. If you'd like to be featured in an upcoming episode, please email me at sleepapneastories at gmail.com. That's also the place to get in touch if you just want to say hi or ask a question. Alternatively, you can always reach me on Instagram. My handle there is at sleepapneastories. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. This really helps a wider audience to find the episodes and I really appreciate it.